0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Self-Made Mastery podcast. My name is Adrian Finch. How are you guys doing today? Happy freaking Wednesday. I hope you're all hanging in there in, you know, the year that we call 2020 that just is full of weird stuff. Am I right? I'm really excited for today's episode. It's a little bit of a different kind of episode. Typically, I'm kind of teaching a strategy or reviewing something or kind of like, you know, going through a specific sort of thing, right? Something that will help you, transform you. This is no different in that regard. You are still going to leave this episode feeling inspired and with some action items, some takeaways, you're going to have learned a lot. But this episode is different because today I am going to just be giving you guys kind of my reading list. So my top six books that have absolutely changed my life, my business, my thinking, and I'm not kidding, this has changed My life business thinking over the last 18 months. So, these top six books I kind of gathered and I decided I needed to share this with you. I've referenced some of these books in previous episodes, but today I'm going a little bit deeper into them. I read a lot of books, okay? Here's the thing I listen to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of books, and as a rule of thumb, I try to absorb like some sort of educational or inspirational content every single day if I can. So, even on days when I'm, you know, maybe not like every single weekend day, but on normal work days, I try to fill times, let's say when I'm cooking or getting ready or cleaning, with a podcast that's about business or success or education. I try to just absorb something educational and helpful for my brand and my business and my mind every single day. Sometimes I feel like I don't want to, um, but then what I always find, especially with podcasts, is that even when I'm not in the mood to learn, quote unquote, I always find that once I turn it on and I'm listening, you're not even having to do any work. Listening and absorbing, even when you think you're only half paying attention, certain things will stick out to you and you'll remember them and you will end up talking about them later and it just goes to show even if you're kind of passively listening, you're learning. So I try to do that every single day. And out of all the books that I've read, which I've really gotten into reading books in the last kind of year and a half-ish, especially ones that are recommended by people I look up to, my mentors, or other people who are successful, I've really taken it to heart to actually read the books that they're saying, hey, you need to read this book, and actually doing it. And I'm so glad that I did, and I recommend that you guys do that as well, because it really can make such a difference in whatever you're doing. It can really teach you a lot. So out of all the books that I've read, I have picked out the six that I wholeheartedly can tell you guys right now have 100% shifted my thinking or kind of helped in some other way that has changed my life. And and that sounds like dramatic and clickbaity, but I'm not kidding. Like seriously, you guys know I don't mess around. I'm obsessed with these books. I wish they would sponsor me and I wish I could go talk to all the authors. Maybe I can. Maybe I can manifest these authors being guests on my podcast. (laughs) But seriously, so... There are six books uh, that I'm going to be talking about plus one bonus book that I kind of think is great to just like have by your bedside and read one little snippet every single day. I'll explain more about that later. Now originally my thought with this episode was that I was going to go into depth on each one of these six books and really give you guys like the, the major takeaways from the books as well as who is the ideal kind of reader of each of these books and then after I recorded the first book I realized I don't have time to do all six in this episode so I'm thinking of potentially making this into a multi-part episode or a multi-episode series I guess of kind of my book recommendations because once I start talking about it I really dive deep and I want to get into those details with you because it'll really help you not only have actual takeaways from this episode not just like hey go read this Um, you'll actually learn things you'll actually have takeaways but you'll also you know feel really inclined to go potentially pick it up yourself and read it which i highly recommend so I, like I said, I recorded this episode and it took me 30 minutes to talk about just the first book. Granted, the first book happens to be my favorite one. um, And then the second book took another like 20, 25 minutes. So I'm only going to go into full, full, full depth on the first two books, but they are my top, absolute top favorite books that have changed my life and that I highly recommend reading. And then I'm going to name the other four um, and give you a little bit of context, but I'm going to save going fully in depth on those ones for potentially another episode. So let me know your guys' feedback as you listen to this episode on whether or not you want kind of more book recommendation episodes, podcast recommendations, where I kind of go in and actually review things for you so that you can learn a lot and not necessarily have to go listen yourself or have to go read yourself, but you then can choose to if you want. So essentially by listening to this episode, you don't have to read them if you don't want to. Um, You will still get some little tidbits and nuggets out of this episode but I do wholeheartedly think that they're books that every entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur or even just just go-getter even if you're not an entrepreneur should read I think you all should read these I highly recommend They're definitely applicable to lots of different people in lots of different circumstances. And as I'm always saying on this podcast, the laws of success are universal. So you could be hearing an episode about a professional baseball player and their mindset, and you'll still be able to draw parallels because a lot of the stuff we talk about, most of the stuff we talk about is universal to anyone in any circumstance. So these are books that I believe also fit that mold, and I do highly recommend reading them. However, of course, it's a lot of books, and I'm sure you get other recommendations from other people in podcasts, so totally understand if you don't want to read the entire list, but I do challenge you to listen to this episode and decide which kind of one or two books resonates with you the most and then actually fully read it. It'll be completely worth it, I promise you. So I will also leave links to all of the books down below so you can check them out if you want. Um, And without further ado, guys, let's get on into the episode. You're listening to the Self-Made Mastery Podcast, your ultimate guide to total transformation. I'm your host, Adrian Finch, and I believe wholeheartedly that anyone from any background can create and live their dream life. And the best part is, you only need one thing to start, your mind. So join me here every Wednesday on this transformative journey to master your mindset and unlock your greatest potential. Let's go all right guys let's get on into the books let's do it so basically these are like i said my must read books and they do kind of range from business to productivity success mindset those are kind of the topics that are addressed in each of these books But for the sake of this episode, I've kind of grouped them into just productivity-related and mindset-related, and there are three in each of these categories. Um, And you can also check out my Instagram at the self-made, no, sorry, that's my old one, at self-made mastery pod, P-O-D. I did post a photo with all of the covers of these books, so if you want some visual reference, there it is. so these aren't in any particular order like I'm not talking actually they may be a little bit I I probably like without even thinking put my favorites at the beginning but just no potentially no particular order all of these six are majorly impactful but you will kind of be able to tell which ones are my favorite um, just by (laughs) hearing me talk about them and at the end I'll probably give you guys a little kind of rank order of like each and again they kind of target different things and I'll be explaining like what kind of person will benefit from each of them So we're going to go ahead and start with the productivity books. So There are three in this category. So the first one that I'm going to talk about is called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. And I have definitely referenced this book many, many times, especially in my episodes about my rebrand, because this book, I will tell you, has 100% shaped the way that I approached my rebrand and my naming of my podcast and kind of, you know, all the messaging and all of the little like taglines and slogans like... That wasn't just me sitting there trying to come up with a cutesy slogan. There were actually hours and hours and hours of unpacking what the heck this business is. And you guys can go reference that episode of, about my rebrand because I really do get into kind of that what that process was and what I actually had to work on and figure out and decide that led me to something as simple sounding as a name or as a tagline, right? Like I just want to emphasize that something this book really showed me is how important it is to do that that digging, that diving into what your mission is with your business and then finding a name and a tagline and messaging that resonates. And this book is what showed me the importance of doing that. So it's called Building a Story Brand. And the reason why is it's – this book is basically – leading you through the elements of storytelling and how to utilize them to grow your business. So it's basically helping you to clarify your message and refine your message so that customers will actually listen. And he does so, he explains this by way of, Um, going through the elements of storytelling and this book really resonated with me because I was a screenwriting major in college so all I knew for four years is storytelling just the elements of story, story design, the common themes and things that you notice in movies and books etc. So this book really resonated with me and I believe honestly everyone should read this book, every single person and the reason why is even if you're not you know building a business or starting a, a brand or you know even if you don't feel like right now you need this book, you will realize after reading it how applicable it is to literally everything in life. Storytelling, if you think about it, is life. When you're selling something to someone, you are telling a story. You're trying to trigger certain emotional, you know, responses and and make them feel things. And if you look at commercials on TV, a lot of the good ones are telling a story. It's not just putting a product in front of your face and telling you to buy it, telling you to check it out. There's a story behind it. There's something that makes you feel things, that makes you want to buy it, right? So obviously for selling, for selling products, services, goods this is very important, you're telling a story. But I also want to highlight that there are other opportunities and times in life, in fact, every single day doing anything basically, when you are also telling a story. If you're interviewing for a job, you are selling yourself. You're basically always selling. So you're selling yourself, right? You're trying to convince the employer that you are qualified and that you are right for this position. So you're selling yourself. You're saying, this is why you should choose me. It's the same way an infomercial would be like, this is why you should buy this loofah, right? So even when you're interviewing for a job, you're selling yourself. And in selling yourself, you're telling the story of yourself. You're giving your story and explaining why it is that this company needs to hire you. And the thing about storytelling is everything just is more appealing, I think. Everything appeals like a story and flows like a story in your life. Even when you go through certain experiences, ups and downs, and points of failure and points of success, think about how many times that happens in a story. You have the conflict and then you have the resolution and the climax and kind of, you know, there's always kind of this format. And I'll get into that a little bit in a second. So I believe everyone should read this book. However, more specifically, you should read this book if you're starting a business, If you work in marketing, if you're creating a product, or if you're selling literally anything. But again, don't let that fool you. I created kind of that more specific list. But again, if you're selling anything, and I want to emphasize that you guys every single day, whether you are aware of it or not, are selling things. You're selling yourself. You're convincing your friend that you should go eat at this dinner place. Like every single thing. And I'm not even talking in a calculated, you know, way. I'm just saying this is natural. You are literally selling. You are telling a story all the time. So like I said, what this book does, and then I'll get into like actually some major takeaways from this book so you can actually learn some things right here right now. Um, But this book uses the seven elements of storytelling to help you simplify your brand message and create the most effective messaging for your websites, for your social media posts, whatever it is. And What it says actually on the inside flap of like kind of something that really got me hooked is it says, it will forever transform the way you talk about who you are, what you do, and the unique value you bring to your customers or audience. So after you've read this book, it'll transform the way that you talk about these things in a way that is appealing and persuasive and helpful, And I can absolutely say that that is true. Ever since reading this book, it completely has changed and defined the way that I explain what my business does. And I can explain it in so much more of a clear, concise way that's not confusing. That's like, hey, here's what I do. Here's what you're going to get out of it. And here's how you sign up, right? Just very easy cut and dry. So like I said, it 100% guided me through my rebrand and I use it also for several of my coaching clients now. Um, whether they're just starting a business or they're trying to scale their business, I have a couple one-on- one coaching clients and I actually now run them through this story brand program. So basically like those seven elements of storytelling, there is a process in which you unpack and dig like into your own brand and decide, okay, what is the problem? What is the who is the guide? What's the plan? And I'll tell you that in one second. Um, so, okay, I've hyped this book up enough. I think this may be my top favorite book. Uh, There are two that are my favorites. I think it's this one and the next one I'm going to talk about, actually, now that we think about it. So here are the biggest takeaways, okay, that I got. Now, again, I recommend reading this yourself, but I'm going to give you some of the biggest takeaways. Number one being that the biggest point in here, like I already kind of harped on this earlier, is that in everything you are doing in your life or selling, whether it's a product, a service, yourself in a job interview, The best way to capture someone's attention and to be unforgettable and to get clients or to get customers or to get that job that you want is to tell a story. Okay. And I don't just mean like once upon a time, Mary went to the store and then blah, 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 blah. Not so much what I'm thinking, but honestly, even that fits the mold. It's really digging into those elements of storytelling, which are those consistencies that you will find once I say what they are. You'll be like, oh my gosh, you'll start to notice every novel, every movie that you see, even commercials, follow kind of this mold, this kind of journey and path of a story. And I'm sure you've even learned about some of them in school, like the hero's journey, if everyone remembers that. I hardly remember, but I do remember kind of learning about these but the point is that the best way to engage people is through storytelling. And so the point of this book is to take those elements of storytelling and show you how you can use them to refine your brand's mission, messaging, marketing material, literally learning how to sell your brand in the most, con- in the most clear, concise, refined, and persuasive way. And it's seriously freaking life-changing. So now I'm going to tell you what those elements actually are are and like i said when i did my rebrand these were the steps that i followed and it absolutely changed the way that i looked at my rebrand um, and there's actually a website that you can go on to to be able to kind of fill out this chart on your own i'll tell you about that in a minute um, but here are the seven elements so I'm going to read you the elements and then I'm actually going to give you an example of like what these elements are in the movie Hunger Games. And that's what this book kind of lays out as the first example. So you can kind of wrap your head around like what these elements are. Um, so hopefully you've seen The Hunger Games, but you can also probably think of any other movie and kind of put like fill in the blanks here. So here are the elements. Here's the flow. First, a character, so there's a character, has a problem. That's the second element. Character has a problem, has a conflict. They meet a guide. So the guide is you. I'm giving things away, but the guide is you. Let me start over. The character is the customer, okay? The customer, the audience, the client, your market, basically. So your customer has a problem now this problem can be internal external philosophical those are all types of problems that a client or a customer could have so if you are building a workout program and you want to target moms who just gave birth and they're trying to lose that pregnant um, weight that's a very specific niche right so if that's your ideal client that's your character what is their problem? Their problem is that they've put on some weight from being pregnant and they want to get rid of it. I would consider that a pretty internal problem. Like even though it's external physically on the body, that is a conflict. That is a problem that hits, you know, these women emotionally hard. Like it really matters to them to shed this weight and to be feeling competent and looking their best and feeling their best again I don't know because I haven't had a baby, but I've had coaching clients who've done these types of things. So I promise I'm not just speaking out of nowhere. Um, But that would be something that's kind of an internal problem, something where it's like, if you have a solution to this, these women would pay you any amount of money to solve this problem. So the problems aren't always financial. They're not always – sometimes they're emotional. Sometimes they're physical. Any type of problem, right? So your customer has a problem. Then they meet the guide. The guide is you. And I think one of the other big takeaways about this, which I'll get into in a minute, is that a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs – Kind of think that they are the character or the hero when really you're not the hero. You're the guide that is guiding the hero. Your customer should always be the hero. The character should always be the hero. And I think there are so many examples. And something I like about this book is they give some examples of like businesses and like business decisions made by huge companies or huge famous people that really position them as the hero and not the customer and their business therefore fails and flops because you've got to be positioning your customer as the hero and you are the one fueling them. You are giving them success and leading them to success. It's not about you, right? And we'll get into that. Okay, so the character has a problem and meets a guide, that's you, who gives them a plan. So the plan is your offer or what you are selling or your product, your service, your if you're in a job interview, the plan is kind of your like evidence of being qualified. Like what do you have to offer this company by working there? What are your skills, right? So the guide gives them a plan and that's one of the most important parts. It's the offer. It's the plan is going to solve their conflict, their problem, And that is what your offer is. So a character, the hero, I'm just going to keep repeating this so it gets in your head. The hero has a problem or a conflict, meets a guide, that's you, who gives them a plan. That is your offer or your product or your business. And calls them to action... So the action being like buy this or set up a meeting with me or literally whatever it is, it calls them to action. They have to do something in order for this to work. They've got to take action. They either have to buy your thing. They have to take your program. They have to start your workouts, whatever it is, it calls them to action that ends in. Or, no, sorry, that helps them avoid failure. So your offer and your call to action in in providing them with this plan, it's going to help them avoid failure. It's going to help them avoid, so for those women that want to shed their weight, your workout plan or your nutrition plan and getting them to take action, to sign up, to be accountable every day for the workouts is going to help them avoid failure and failure would be not following through and keeping on the baby weight, right? Um, So you want to call them to action in a way that helps them avoid failure and end in success. So you want your offer to be solving the issue that they originally had. That would be ending in success. Problem solved, let's move on, right? Okay, so that was kind of a lot. But basically, if we're referencing the Hunger Games now, here's how they say it. So the character, which is Katniss, the main woman, has a problem. So now she has three problems, external, internal, and philosophical. Her external problem is that she must survive. Her internal problem is that she must stay good and authentic. And her philosophical problem is tyranny versus democracy, right? So she has some problems going on. And then she meets a guide, which is Hamish. Hamish, is that how you say it? I haven't seen this movie in so long. I don't even remember. But he's won the Hunger Games. So he's kind of her guide, right? And the guide gives her a plan, which is that she has to endear the public in order to get sponsors. She has to appeal to them. She has to endear them. And he calls her to action, which is to compete, to be the one to compete. And then in being the one to compete, he is helping him her avoid failure, which would be Katniss dying and District 12 being crushed. So his plan will help her avoid that. And End in Success being Katniss Lives, District 12 Rejoices. And if you think about this movie, and if you think about any movie, you can pretty clearly follow along this journey in most movies. And it's pretty amazing once you realize, oh my gosh, that's pretty much the journey that every story goes through, right? And it is no different with your business. If you are able to offer that solution to that conflict, you are offering them A lot you are solving an issue they have and they will pay you to do that okay so I kind of went on a tangent there but of course that's what this entire book is about is those elements of storytelling and so obviously that's very important Um, but next I'm going to give you one of my other biggest takeaways which is that it's realizing how much noise there is out there Do you ever get an email or go to a website and maybe this email is like very well written, well crafted, but you read it and you realize that you don't really know what the heck the point was. Like I've gotten that so many times, especially with the type of job I do. I get offers and I get like inquiries from brands a lot about wanting to work together. And I will tell you, I so often get emails that are super professional looking with nice logos and signature blocks and like super well written and like three paragraphs of just here's what we do, blah, 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 blah but literally I get to the end of the email and I'm actually confused I'm like hold on what does this business even do it's all just full of fluffy like big words that make it sound super cool and legit but at the end of the day I'm like I don't even know what your business does and you're making a huge mistake like if you're emailing me to try to work with you and I don't even know in what capacity you're trying to work together I don't even understand what you even do as a company that's a problem right and that's what I would call noise (laughs) um And here's the thing, like we as humans don't have time for that kind of fluff anymore. We have short attention spans and we have a lot going on. There's a lot of stimuli in the world and a lot of notifications and things to read. And we want something to just be clear and to the point and easy to understand. And I think one of the biggest things that keeps companies from making sales or gaining customers is when they have too much noise. Like if you go to a website and you cannot figure out how to easily buy the product you're likely to give up and not just sit there trying to figure it out because our brains are tired, right? We don't wanna have to do that work. You wanna, if you're like, yes, I want this, this would be useful. You don't wanna go to that website and be like, wait, where the heck do I even purchase this? Like, why can't I figure this out? Like, that is just a stupid mistake that is costing you money as the business, right? So, when you are making a pitch or you're selling something, you want the path of purchasing it and understanding what you're offering to be so easy. And here's the thing, if you're unsure like whether maybe you have a website now or maybe you already have a brand, if you're unsure whether your website or messaging is succeeding at being noise free, the author has created three questions that you can kind of ask yourself. And he references movies here and he says there are three crucial questions to basically ask to make sure that the story our company is telling is clear. And he says, remember, the greatest enemy our businesses face is the same enemy that good stories face, noise. And I will tell you guys, I learned this in screenwriting, that like you might think you have the funniest line or the funniest little scene. But if it does not serve the overall story, if you could take out that scene and people would still understand what's going on and it wasn't adding anything important to the story – you shouldn't have it in there and I remember that being so hard for me to understand like well it's just entertaining but like no good stories don't have that kind of fluff so at no point should we be able to pause a movie if you're watching a movie and be able to answer or be unable to answer these three questions first what does the hero want if you can pause a movie and you don't understand what they want it's probably not a good movie (laughs) number two who or what is opposing the hero getting what she wants Again, and I'm not talking like the first five minutes, you know what I mean. Like when you're going through, like if you have not realized and you'll you'll find that you realize pretty quickly what's the conflict that's going to be in this movie? What's the problem and what are they going to have to overcome? And then number three, what will the hero's life look like if she does or does not get what she wants? So they make it pretty clear from the start that if this, then that. If this, then that, right? So if you can't understand or answer these questions when you're watching a movie probably not a good movie, probably not a good story, probably not a clear story, might lose you a little bit, right? And of course there are like, you know, abstract indie films, alternative kind of like not, not so formatted films that are very highly acclaimed and all of that. And that's, that's, that's kind of different. Um, A lot of times those films are not so much The storylines that are remarkable, but more so, you know, the style or they're making a commentary, a social commentary or the cinematography, whatever. We don't need to get into that. The point is majority of the movies you watch will follow this kind of format. And same with your business and your website and your social media and your marketing materials. If you can go to any one of your posts or your phrases or your website and not answer any of these three questions then you're not being clear enough and there's a lot of noise and I just found that to be such an incredible takeaway um just because I you know I, I do think about there being noise a lot but I never quite thought about like uh, Whenever I make a website or I make marketing material, I honestly don't know the best thing to put on there to, to like get someone to listen to the episode or to get someone to buy. And I think this book really helped me understand what to say and what not to say. What is just fluff and noise and what is actually helping the customer understand what I'm offering here. So that was that takeaway. And then another huge, 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 huge takeaway This is the last one that I'll give from this book is... That Which I've honestly always preached this. Like if you guys have been listening for a while, you have probably heard me talk about this. Um, and that is that the story that we're talking about here is not about us. It's not about you. If it's your story, it's still not about you in a way, right? If you're trying to convince a company to hire you, even though you're telling your story, the whole reason you're even telling them the story is because you're making it about them what are you going to do for them if you're sitting there just bragging about yourself and making it all about you even though it sounds kind of like confusing and contradictory because like hold on but I am like selling myself it is about me but if you can position yourself where what you are offering is going to help them remember they are the hero the company is the hero who's hiring you the client is the hero not you if you can position it like that then you're in the clear so remembering that the story is not about us. As tough as that might be to hear, it isn't about you. And here's what he says about that. Donald Miller, Donald Miller says, the larger point here is simple. The day we stop losing sleep over the success of our business and start losing sleep over the success of our customers is the day our business will start growing again. Wow. Wow. I seriously just and again I kind of already talked about this a lot because I feel like I've realized this over the years before I even read this book is just that like it doesn't matter what you think is cool it only matters what the people who you're trying to serve think is cool and impact generates income you have to serve your audience if you are helping your customers succeed or make money or you're brightening their day or you're doing something positive for them that's when the growth will happen if you're worried about just you know the dollar amount and like your own thing and not actually worried about the customer and what they need and want then you're doomed you're doomed um so we need to not be tempted to position our brand as the hero because we're not the center of attention. The person you're serving is. Does that make sense? So I believe that you guys can fill out your own brand script, as he calls it, which is kind of like taking those elements and filling in the blank for like what's applicable to you or your business or your brand. So like figuring out, okay, who is your customer? What is their conflict? What is the plan, right? So I feel I think you can fill out your own. I'm not sure if you have to have purchased the book or not to do this, um, but you can try going to mystorybrand.com and that provides you with kind of this like template on the cloud that you can save and go back to and revise um, that can just help you kind of build and refine your brand messaging and you can also just be kind of writing notes as you go along if you feel like doing this as you're reading Um, but each chapter kind of gives you these little assignments so it'll be like it'll like describe the step like has a conflict. It'll explain completely in depth like what that actually means and at the end it gives you a chance to write out like what your ideal customer's conflict is or a few different ones. And like at the end if you have a few different ones, you end up kind of picking and narrowing it down. So it's a really 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 cool process. Again, I'm obsessed and I highly recommend reading this. So that is building a story brand in a nutshell and holy crap it's already been 30 minutes wow this is why I'm not going to get into every single one of the books on this episode if you guys like this honestly I should just do like part two part three part four because I'm loving this I'm loving digging fully into it maybe I make a little sub series that's like my reading list I don't know we are going to talk about the second book which is free to focus which is a total productivity system to achieve more by doing less which is by Michael Hyatt. But first, we're gonna take a really quick break and we will be right back. All right, guys, we are back. So we're gonna talk about the book number two. This must be my second favorite. I'm actually reading it right now for the second time um, because there's a lot of information in these books and it's helpful to kind of remind myself and go back through them and make sure that I'm actually utilizing everything that I've learned from these books. So the second book is called Free to Focus, A Total Productivity System to Achieve More by Doing Less honestly, this title just really got me. I found out about this book by listening to another one of my favorite podcasts by James Wedmore. It's called the Mind Your Business Podcast. And he interviewed Michael Hyatt, who is this multi-million dollar entrepreneur or something successful dude, okay? And he wrote this book and he was talking about it and I instantly was hooked because I think it's so fascinating the concept of being able to achieve more by doing less. We have this huge conception misconception that in order to achieve more, to succeed more, it has to mean and it only can mean working more hours and that's just not the case. It's just not true. So I love this book. It really opened my eyes to kind of that possibility and then also helped me to organize my own life in terms of productivity and eliminating clutter and tasks that I don't need to be doing. So I recommend reading this book if you want to be more productive, if you want to learn how to achieve more by doing and working less, which I feel like is like the ideal goal and dream. So this book helps you to filter your tasks and commitments like that you currently have in your life, eliminate your distractions and redefine your work so that it works for you. So it seriously can help you build momentum for a lifetime of success, as it says in the inner flap of the book. But it's true. I really think it does set up the foundation of really understanding what productivity means and then evaluating your own life and your own work to make sure that you are actually performing at your maximum productivity. So a couple takeaways that I got from this book, um, first and foremost, he really defines and actually redefines what the word productivity means, especially to me in my head. Which I think is really important for everyone to understand. The same way we broke down what the word motivation actually means in one of my previous episodes um, versus kind of what society has constructed it to mean and what it's turned into over the years. I love digging deep on what some of these words that we use often, especially in business and in you know entrepreneurship um, – I love digging deep on what these words actually mean, and actually questioning what they mean, and re-questioning what they mean, so that we have a deeper understanding and can more mindfully take steps to change. Right? Because if you don't fully understand, you know, what the word motivation means or what the word productivity means, and you're just thinking, "I need to be me," oh my God, I can't speak. I need to be more productive. I need to be like, "What's my motivation?" But you're not fully understanding actually what that term is meaning, then you're kind of lost, right? So we always, always, always want to get to the root of things, and and that's kind of my philosophy with a lot of things especially you know positive thinking and positive self-talk it's not just this on the surface thing you got to dig deep sometimes and ask yourself why do I talk like this why am I treating myself this way or whatever but let's not get sidetracked so one of the big takeaways here is that productivity does not mean more I want to repeat that It does not mean getting more things done. That is not what being productive is. And I think a lot of us, including me in the past, used to think that. That's what we think it means. Productive means getting more done in a quicker amount of time, right? Being more efficient. But that's not what productivity is. That's what efficiency is. Getting more things done, more quantity in a shorter amount of time. But that is not actually what productivity means. And I mean, people can have different varying definitions of this, but I think the important definition for us in this um, podcast and kind of where you guys are all at in life is to think of productivity as not getting more things done, but getting the right things done, right? eliminating clutter, delegating things that can be delegated, and focusing on those higher value tasks that you are meant to be doing, right? Those things of greater personal importance, the things that matter to you, the things that are going to push the needle, the things that are going to be disruptive. That's what you should be doing and focusing on and working on. And unfortunately, we are bogged down every single day with clutter and busy work and things that are not contributing to that greater good, that more personal kind of gain. And by doing this, by eliminating that clutter, and by focusing on those higher value tasks, that can actually sometimes mean working less. And we seem to have this fixed mindset that hard work equals long hours, right? And that long hours are what are going to help us achieve our goals. But like I say, let's question everything, right? So let's question, why is it that we think that way? Why do we think more time spent equals more gain more income more success well it makes total sense it's because that's what jobs used to all be it used to be laborers factory workers working by the hour just being a cog in a wheel you know doing the task and however many hours of work you're putting in is what you're getting out is how much money you are earning and it wasn't about these like high value or low value tasks and the actual value of the task at hand it was about the hours you spent therefore the amount of you know, whatever products your factory was making, however many products you turned out. It was about high volume in the shortest amount of time possible, which is exactly what we were, you know, saying is kind of our fixed mindset of productivity. We think it means getting more done in a shorter amount of time being more efficient. And that really is, that does go back to the root of kind of factory working and those types of jobs. So I understand why we have this fixed mindset. It actually makes sense. We are wired to think that it's not possible to work less hours and actually make more money. We're like, that doesn't make sense. That's like a dream come true, right? But guess what? It actually can happen, which is really fun to think about. So like I said, it used to be as hours spent goes up, income goes up, and it makes sense in that kind of like traditional hourly wage laborer kind of sense, and some jobs are still like that. They are hourly, you know, they are um, service industry type jobs, and I get that. That makes sense. However, we as a society have evolved since then, and some jobs... Yes, that's how they run, but a lot of jobs don't run that way. And we're talking about the possibilities here in our lives that exist when we choose to take our own path, whether that's at a nine to five job or as an entrepreneur, The point is that you are able to achieve more by doing less, that is possible. And it's a mindset that we kind of need to train ourselves to have. Because right now we have this fixed mindset that productivity equals getting more done in a shorter amount of time and time spent is important, but it's not. And that's why I always say the work smarter, not harder. It has to do with that too. I don't even love that phrase just because I think that hard work does not mean long hours. But the reason that phrase is what it is, is because they're equating the hard work to long hours so they're saying you don't need to be working long hours you need to be working smarter hours which I support that but I also believe like hard work we work hard every day no matter if we're working hard for two hours or 10 hours so I think hard work is you know valuable but that's a whole nother point I'm going on a tangent um anyway so our possibilities obviously in this day and age and in this kind of society are limitless so i love that this book emphasizes that not only are you capable of achieving more but you can achieve more and you can actually achieve more by also doing less which like i said is a dream come true another huge takeaway from this book has to do with the improvement of digital technology and this is just a little nugget from there but it really did this little thing really did kind of like open my eyes and make me really analyze my day-to-day life a little bit more and the way that I use technology and whether it is being productive or not so there are obviously all sorts of software solutions now for organizing managing automating tasks there are apps for everything chrome plugins etc and don't get me wrong that is incredible it's great I'm a tech just nerd I Geek out to some good tech and some things that make my life easier. I absolutely love it. And it's incredible what computers can do for our efficiency now, right? However, what this bro- book really brought to my attention is the detrimental consequence that can come with the improvement of technology. And that is that though tech solutions may enable us to work faster, right? Because it's doing some of the work for us, it's eliminating time. But it also brings with it the temptation and the expectation to work more. So yes, we're using these programs that are making our lives more efficient, that are doing tasks for us. But then we end up taking all that time that we saved – with efficiency hacks and apps, and we end up using it to squeeze even more tasks into our days. And I I guarantee you can relate to this. It's like, okay, cool. Now I'm more productive because I, this app is doing this for me. So now let me squeeze in this stuff into this hour, right? You're just like doing more and more and more and more. And it's all about volume. And we need to start shifting our focus away from volume and more into quality, right? So this book really helped me get clear on like what are my true priorities and how can I make some cuts and delegate them and actually be spending my time on the right things. And what I love is kind of this quote which he, the author uh, Michael Hyatt says, is like the foundation of the book and what he's teaching which is that productivity should free you to pursue what's more important to you. And that can mean things like spending time with your family, going on vacations, like relaxing self-care working on your relationships like those are things that are important to us like business and working of course it's important but what are the things you're going to remember at the end of life is it like taking that work call during your kids soccer game and missing the game-winning goal or is it you know being there and having that moment and getting back to the work later or figuring out a solution to have that work taken care of so that you're not having to do every single thing all the time. So those are a lot of my kind of biggest takeaways from free to focus. And now I'm going to briefly mention the remaining five books. There is one still in the productivity section and then three about mindset and kind of a fourth bonus one. So I'm going to mention these ones without going too, too deep into them. I'll still leave links in the show notes to these books, but stay tuned because if you guys want, I'll do this same kind of deep dive into those books on future episodes. I definitely thought I was going to talk about all of them, but wow, I was, I should have known that I would talk for so long, but I hope it was helpful. So okay do me a favor too and if you do want this to be kind of a reoccurring series or at least you want me to do a part two or a part three follow-up where I go more in depth on these books that I'm about to mention go ahead and go over to our Instagram page at self-made mastery pod and just comment on whatever today's pick is or the most recent photo and just say something like please do more book recs episodes just so I see it Um, you can also dm that account too and talk to me there But yeah. So moving right along to the third one in the productivity series, this book is called The 4-Hour Workweek by Timothy Ferris. Now, let me just tell you, this book is dense, okay? This book has so much information, and it's all so helpful, but it's one of those reads that you kind of need to take, like, chunk by chunk, or you need to, like, reread it a bunch of times, because there are just so many resources in here, so many strategies, so many tools. He mentioned so many websites. This is very much more a, like, resource like an informational here are some sites here are some things you can like literally go do not just kind of like the strategy side do you know what I mean so there it is dense with information so helpful though what I love about this book is it's basically just explaining how anywhere or anyone at any time anywhere can kind of escape the nine to five is how he puts it and I don't like shaming the nine to five there are a lot of amazing nine to five corporate you know cool jobs and that's awesome if that's what you do and that's what you like so I don't want to get stuck on this notion of like quit your job and go like travel the world and do whatever you want but the The underlying foundation of what he's trying to say is exactly what I preach on this podcast, which is just that you do have the opportunity to create the life you want to live. If that life is a corporate nine to five amazing position at a company, then heck yeah, power to you. And I love that in this book, he does kind of talk about both. He talks about employees and entrepreneurs, um, but the whole concept is just that you can Live anywhere, work anywhere, have the freedom and flexibility to live your dream life and be financially free. And he gives you legitimate ways and techniques and resources and websites to actually do that. So I recommend reading this book if you are someone who wants to escape the nine to five, if you want to learn a lot of productivity and organizational systems, like very specifically in depth systems. Um, if you want to have the freedom and flexibility like I said to work where you want when you want and if you want to open your mind to non-traditional career opportunities and I think there's a lot to be said about that Uh, it's full of tangible actionable nuggets and lists Um, there's kind of you know one example is there's like a page that's called rules that changed the rules and it's just all things about like kind of questioning like I'm always talking about this the way that the world works and kind of the rules that are currently in place and then like rules that we've created that changed those rules and why things are different now so again super dense super super good there are there is just a lot in this I'm only about halfway through this it's so funny but like even that halfway like really really changed the way that i think about my business i read this book a while ago now i think i read this about a year and a half ago like right before I even started this podcast and I really think a lot of the stuff in here really helped kind of again set that foundation for me starting a business and being able to delegate and being able to do all of that. I do want to kind of give a disclaimer that some of the techniques in here that he talks about can come off a little white privilege-y to some people. I've gotten in some conversations with different people who feel different ways about this book and I think the reason why there is kind of that opinion is that a lot of the Delegation of tasks and the eliminating of clutter, kind of like we've been talking about in the other books, has to do with outsourcing certain work overseas. So, outsourcing to virtual assistants or to assistants or managers or people in other countries who work for less money than we would pay someone here in America, because mostly because of kind of that exchange rate and that kind of standard of living. Like for them, if $6 an hour is a good livable wage, then we kind of get away with paying a cheap price for some cheap labor. So people have different ideas of whether that's okay or not okay and morally right or wrong. I'm going to stay out of that conversation because, to be honest, I haven't finished the book and I haven't fully formulated my opinion on it. I totally think that we should be utilizing our resources and if those people who are working overseas as virtual assistants are wanting these positions and these are good positions and they're paying well for them, then I don't necessarily see that as taking advantage but I totally also understand like that there's a whole nother side to it and that honestly I'm not educated enough to necessarily speak on it yet so just be mindful of that I just wanted to mention that because I didn't want to necessarily be here like advocating for some book that may come off to some people like you know oh just outsource it all overseas to like where the cheap labor is and I didn't get that impression when I read it but I totally understand how someone could so just giving that little disclaimer um and I'm obviously completely open to discussing this and talking about it. But when it comes down to the other elements of this book that aren't the outsourcing overseas part, I think it's phenomenal. I think it offers so much value and so much helpful information. So that is the 4-hour work week. Now, moving right along into the mindset focused books, um The first one is called The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins and I actually made an entire episode on this book already so you guys can go check that out. I will link it down below. I think it's just called like Five Seconds Will Change Your Life or something like that. So definitely check that out. I highly recommend but what the book is is it's basically talking all about this rule where when you know that you should do something but you don't, you start overthinking or start second guessing like this is the example I always give when I was in Croatia we went cliff jumping and my body for some reason always has this like fight or flight reaction when I'm at doing something like that like jumping off a cliff it's like well my body's like hello you're not supposed to be doing this this is dangerous but my mind knows that it's not dangerous and it's safe so what I've noticed is like whenever I get up to that cliff it takes me like 20 minutes to like basically muster up the mental strength to just like jump even though I know I'm going to be fine it's like my body is rebelling against it and I actually read this book on my Croatia trip and I had finished it right when we ended up going cliff jumping and I actually utilized this technique which is basically that when you get in that moment where you know you need to take action or you want to take action before you even let your brain start coming up with every reason why you shouldn't or why it's dangerous or why it's risky you just count backwards from five and on one you put your feet on the floor or you jump or you do whatever it is and it sounds so freaking simple you guys but this five second rule has changed my life absolutely changed my life and I tried it in that moment and before you know I got to the top of the cliff before I could even let my brain think I said five four three two one and I jumped and it felt so freaking good and it also felt so silly like it felt so simple but there is actually a ton of scientific research and studies done on kind of why this actually works and it's mostly that like five seconds is the actual kind of reaction time that our conscious brain and our fight or flight mechanism and our kind of defense mechanism takes to start questioning a decision. So within five seconds you will start to already, like at the five second mark, you will already start to be like, wait, 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 maybe this is a bad idea. And so I have found that this rule is really good for just not only like being disciplined, like I wanna wake up earlier, okay, I hear my alarm, I'm just gonna five, four, three, two, one, feet on the ground, before you can even think, you just take action. It can also help you to build new habits that might be challenging for you if you're very shy or introverted and you know you want to make a point of meeting more people putting yourself more out there then you can catch yourself in that moment when you're in public or I guess it's harder to be in public now and talking to strangers but let's imagine you know you have this you see someone and you say okay I should go talk to them before you start talking yourself out of it you just count backwards from 5 and go and this also just goes really hand in hand with my philosophy that I think every single person should be doing at least one really uncomfortable thing per day. And I think that this is a perfect kind of strategy to use to really get yourself to go outside of your comfort zone and do that uncomfortable thing. Because the second it comes into your mind, you are five, four, three, two, one, doing it, taking action. So that is The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. The second mindset book is called Wealth Beyond Reason by Bob Doyle and this book is all about manifestation and the law of attraction which I obviously love and I'm obsessed with And this book definitely has like more of an emphasis on kind of how the law of attraction works in terms of money and like wanting wealth and being wealthy and what the actual definition of kind of wealth is. So it talks a lot about money, which I actually personally liked because I want to make money and I like money. But I also found that kind of like even money aside, all of what it is saying Um, is just so applicable for basically like trying to manifest anything so I just learned a ton about manifestation the way our minds work and the law of attraction in this book and it happened to be kind of pointed towards money which I didn't mind but don't be put off by that if you're like eh, I don't want to like read about wealth and having more money I promise you it is fun it really like unlocks all the potential and possibilities and you're like whoa okay this is possible that's cool So that is Wealth Beyond Reason by Bob Doyle and Bob Doyle is also one of the biggest like OG gurus and law of attraction manifestation kind of gurus. So super, super good read and also very quick, easy read, pretty thin book. I highly recommend Um, the third one in. So the final number six in the uh, mindset category is The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. So I'm not going to get into too much depth on this because to be honest, The Secret is Basically, just like the foundation of what you need to learn when it comes to law of attraction and manifestation. This was the first book I ever read about this topic. It's very outdated. It's a little bit like, you know, it reminds me of like a documentary film that you watch in history class in high school, like when they wheel in that big square TV and they just like start playing some docu series. Like the movie version of The Secret is exactly like that. But I do think it is a really, really, really good first read or movie to watch if you are brand new to the concept of the law of attraction it really breaks it down in a very simple way and I think what it did for me was that movie was the movie that gave me kind of that aha moment of like oh my god this exists and then the movie kind of like sparked me and triggered me or triggered is not the right word it 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 ignited this interest and this passion in me to therefore go and order more books and research. I'm pretty sure I ordered like three books that day after I watched The Secret. I ordered Wealthy on Reason and another book about the law of attraction and The Secret, the actual books. I watched the movie. And so it's a great jumping off point. It'll definitely inspire you and kind of open up your mind to the possibilities, which I think is so, so, so helpful. And then last but not least, which was going to be kind of this little bonus book, um, it is called 200 Way, well no, okay, it's called Shift Your Thinking by Dean Del Sesto, 200 Ways to Improve Your Life. So what I like about this is this is a little book that has 200 like very mini, like one to two page snippets that basically are telling you, different ways you can shift your mindset on the daily so this is more of a book that I recommend like keeping by your bedside you know tackling one every day one every other day and like really intentionally mindfully kind of putting these into practice so like for example I literally just opened the book to a random page and the tip for the day is stress is a choice so this whole like paragraph is about like why stress is a choice. Stress will make us older, but not always wiser. Consider that everything we do, good or bad, has value to us, and we do it because there is a payoff of some sort. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. Stress is no different. Some people choose to allow stress to occur simply so they can feel alive. Others choose not to deal with stress by postponing it, causing more stress. Blah, 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 blah. Basically, it's just like it goes on and on About that. And then at the end of kind of defining like what it's talking about, it kind of gives you a call to action. So it says, choose not to stress today. And then it has these bullet points of kind of what to actually do in that moment. So it says, when stress hits, is my first instinct to succumb to it or contend with it? So obviously, observe that self awareness. And then what are some of the ways I can deal with stress when it comes? So it basically just kind of like opens your mind to different ways that we can you know shift our thinking and just question things that we're doing and question the way that things are. Um, You know another one I just opened my page to is self-control is nothing more than managing life from the inside out. So it just gives these little like one to two page snippets. The next one is sometimes in order for things to be better things have to be in better order. Ooh, I like that. So this one I think is about kind of like organizing your life and like clutter and I just love this because it's all about mindset but a lot of it is just like it's just so relatable. it's things that you deal with on the daily basis and I really really love this one. It's literally a six dollar book so I highly recommend. All right you guys so this episode has definitely gone way longer than I expected again I wanted to talk about all of these didn't have time. next I was going to tell you what's next on my reading list what I'm reading currently right now but I will save that and I will save it for when I finish and I will let you know about it. It's called Lynchpin though by Seth Godin, Godin, Um, very well known author. Uh, So that concludes this episode. I just want to leave you with this. When people you look up to, mentors, colleagues, friends, anything, you know, anyone who's doing what you want to be doing, if they recommend a book, freaking read it. Okay. Read it. No questions asked. If you care about improving yourself and someone who you highly regard and respect recommends a book, read it. Because you will find if you genuinely care about improvement and you genuinely care about learning and you are a life learner, you will not regret reading that book. Every single one of these were recommendations like I said and I used to not be a very big reader but once I got so into improving myself, improving my business, teaching, coaching, I love diving into these books. So whenever someone that I respect and that's in a position that I, you know, aspire to be in, recommends a book, I instantly order it on Amazon. Um, and I recommend you guys do that as well. So thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you are the best. Thank you for being here. I'm so honored to be able to share these little tidbits and thoughts with you. I hope that I'm able to improve your day, your life, your mindset, whatever it is. I hope you go out there and you have an amazing day. Remember that, you know, every little decision can determine the path that you decide to go down everything that happens to you, you can decide the outcome that it's going to mean. You can decide the meaning that it's going to be assigned. Is this going to mean, you know, is one bad thing happening in the morning going to make your whole entire day crappy? It doesn't have to. And just remember that, okay? I'm here for you. Let's kick butt this week. I love you guys so, so much. And I will catch you next week with another brand new episode. Bye-bye.